It is Sunday, so January 7th, 2018, and Film Cult is back doing a fan commentary for Brian De Palma's 1974 classic, Phantom of the Paradise. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Round Robin, let's introduce ourselves, starting on the right. Um, I'm Dan Gildark. I'm, a, I'm actually usually in Seattle, and I'm in Portland with the gang today. Uh, Michelle Rainieroni. That's all. <laughs> I'm the Michelle Davis. Willie Greer, Jeff Dean, Clancy Peterson, and Ron Lee. Thanks for joining us today. This is Damon Gaynor. I'm I'm in Seattle in in Dan's house. Hi, Damon. I'm such an asshole. I'm so sorry. You're in Dan's house? Such an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Dan, I'm in your house. Oh, right on. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. Just wash the sheets. Okay. (laughs) You have a lot of bleach, right? So we're... um, (laughs) We are just after, we paused just after the fade out of the Fox logo uh, in darkness. We'll give you a second to catch up with us. All right. Hitting play in three, two, one, play. Oh, my God, you guys, here we are. This is the the biggest in-house crowd I think we've had yet. Yeah. And not only is Gildark in town, but uh, I'm really excited to have uh, two of my... My bestie is with me today, Jeff and Clancy. Um, Jeff and I were uh, co-hosts of Horror Holocaust Radio for a good eight years or so. And uh, he and I and Clancy and Trista, who was unfortunately sick tonight, or she would totally be here. In fact, the screening was her idea. But uh, we um, are the uh, horror local horror trivia champions uh, named after the band of this movie, The Juicy Fruits. So it's just a very special thing for me. I'm very glad you guys are here. Yeah, Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um, this opening, too, narrated by the great Rod Serling in an uncredited. Really? Yes. Totally. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you learn something new every so, day. You you do. And just so you know, it's Nicolas Cage's birthday today, and this is Nicolas Cage's favorite Brian De Palma film. No way. <laughs> just, it's okay. Yeah. It just made my brain lock up because I was trying to think of something Nicholas Cagey to say, but I've been saying Paul Williamsy things like all day today, and I can't get my I can't get out of it. It's been talk like Paul Williams Day at our house. I don't know about you guys. Talk like Paul Williams. Talk like Paul Williams Day. And here are the original Juicy Fruits. Yes. So are you guys also a greaser band when you're not doing trivia? Yes. <laughs> totally. I think you should be. <laughs> you can sing songs about horror movies. I found a big jar of pomade in our bathroom cabinet. That wasn't mine. I don't, <laughs> why'd you even think that? That's that's absurd. So One yeah. time I saw Willie with a pack of t- cigarettes tucked under his t-shirt sleeve. I thought you were going to say a pack of tits for some reason. Pack I don't know why. <laughs> Look at that guy's high waters in the I back. I almost said a pack of tits. Lead guitar. That's impressive. It's pretty nice. Oh, wow. It's a good stash, too. So De Palma originally wanted to get Sha for this, <laughs> and he said they were too difficult to work with, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't work with them. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's the same three oh lead guys who are in... Because now they're the Juicy Fruits, and then midway through the film, they're the Beach Bums, mm. and then they're the Undeads later on. Oh, so good. I have to admit, I was <laughs> I was very crab. confused by this bit the first time I saw this movie. Um, I just from I dreamed of this movie since I was a kid, and I'd never seen it, 
and then I was just yeah I I didn't know where I was at this point. <laughs> so when was everybody's first time seeing this movie? Recently uh, or? Well, I'll uh, I'll kick that off, that conversation off. I um I actually saw this. I was um yeah I was really uh, anticipating doing this commentary because I actually saw this at the drive-in theater when I was eleven or twelve. Oh. And it really screwed me up. <laughs> it was. Uh, you mean made you the man you are today? Yes, yeah, that's another way to look at it, I guess. Um, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it was PG thirteen. You know, this was. I mean, I mean PG. This was before the thirteen um, denomination, and it's like, yeah, a lot of these PG movies uh, were a little. God bless maybe, the seventies. Yeah, maybe not age appropriate, but yeah, I was growing up in the suburbs in San Diego, and we would go to the drive-in theater and. Um. Yeah, this really. I don't know. It just had I, so I had all these weird feelings around it. You know, it was just so odd. Um, such an odd thing. It had odd emotions around it. So it's interesting to come back to it. I watched it uh, for the first time last night. Um, since I was eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and just seeing seeing how like um innocuous like a lot of the things I remembered as being like just terrifying were. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, that's that's my history. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I think it must have just been a few years ago, honestly, um, probably with some of these guys. But I remember the first time I heard about it, um, the guy repairing my cowboy boots uh, and I would talk about movies a lot. And he highly recommended this film to me. And the name of it really stuck out in my mind. But for some reason, I just didn't get around to seeing it until years later when someone was like, oh, you should totally watch Phantom of the Paradise. I was like, oh my God, that's what the shoe guy was telling me about. <laughs> so just real quick before everyone else goes on. Um, the, uh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Well, <laughs> the, the PG rating you explained makes something make sense because as this guy starts say. to talk, they bleep, they bleep a fuck out, I think. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Huh. Davis? Um, it surprises <clears throat> me that this, this was PG-13. This was a PG film. It, it doesn't seem like it. There's there's a lot of crossing the PG line mm-hmm. that goes on in this movie. Sex a little and bit drugs. of drug use, perhaps. Death. Maybe the only PG orgy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, we 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 were kind of like we were talking over like the moment where he's miming shooting heroin mm-hmm. with a microphone mm-hmm. while singing the Sha Na Na Doo Wop song. Yeah. And. That's kind of the moment where you're, you, if you're watching this movie, you realize you're you're not watching like a normal film. <laughs> that this is this is going to be some weird hybrid that you've never seen before. PG um, was real loose back in the day. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Movies uh, and everything. I think I my only experience with this was ever like, uh, like watching bits and pieces on Cinemax really late at night, <laughs> um, and you know it would just be something that was just constantly on. Um, and you'd like turn on Cinemax and like a part of Phantom of the Paradise would be playing. <laughs> any part is entertaining. Any part is just kind of pulls you out of reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't think I ever saw the entire thing all the way through until I forced myself to watch it like years <laughs> later. Um, uh, because it's just, it was just one of those films where like, um, like there was back in the day when like HBO stood for like, Hey, Beastmaster's on. Um, where they they had these oddball <laughs> films like in constant rotation, and uh, if you're you know anytime you turn on you you'd see a film you'd see a scene that was 
extremely familiar to you, but you had never seen the entire movie. And this was one of those movies. But when you watch it, when you watch it from beginning to end, you see that it's just a masterpiece. <laughs> I remember I first saw this movie back in like it's probably like eighty six or eighty seven. I rented it on uh, VHS back in the day, and actually saw this before I had ever seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is kind of these two oh. films are kind of like you know from oh. the exact same era. This is released one year before that. So this was my first kind of exposure to anything like a rock musical. And uh, I remember the first time I saw it, I wasn't really sure what I thought about it. I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but then I just, you know, kind of kept thinking about it and then saw it numerous times after that and kind of just fell in love with it. Davis, you were going to? Oh, I, I think the first time I saw it was actually a couple of years ago. Um I feel like it's familiar to me. Like, I don't know if I saw this in the video store when I was a teenager or something like that, but I had never seen it before. Um, and it, I, yeah, I, it's, I'm, I'm glad to be watching it again. Cause I'm, it just was like kind of surreal and goofy and weird. And that was what I thought it was going to be. So it all worked out, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with me, it was actually, um, when you and I started working together, Jeff, um, I had somehow gone my whole life without seeing it up until then <clears throat> I'd seen most of De Palma. Um, and yeah, kind of like you, uh, you loaned it to me and I watched it and I didn't quite know what I thought for a while. And I don't know if what kind of, I don't remember what kind of mood I was in that day, but the, the first act, the whole Winslow's transformation into the Phantom kind of bummed me out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sensitive. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. Things are going to happen. You're such a nice man. You're singing. <laughs> You're singing your little heart out. Little... I'm sorry, man. But you did get some dope-ass metal teeth, so it all good. That was really cool. That's right. Metal teeth are pretty cool. Yeah, I had actually not sat down and watched it until Jeff christened us the Juicy Fruits for Horror trivia. Um, no way. Yeah, and it was, uh, I mean, I was very familiar with, like, the poster art for the f film and whatnot. Um but yeah, so he basically said, we're going to be the Juicy Fruits, or is that a good name? And I'm like, yeah, it sounds good, whatever. Um, and then finding out what it was from, and of course, him talking about the film, I went and just blind bought the uh, Scream Factory release, which we're watching right now, which is a perfect way to be introduced to the film. Um, but being like my introduction to like rock and roll and whatnot, and um, how I kind of fell in love with music was watching like or not watching, but listening to fifties rock and roll bands. So like the second the juicy fruits come out and kick off the movie with that, uh, I was just like, uh, I'm sold. Um, and then of course, on top of that, the family, the opera type connection, I love that story. Um, and yeah, I just started watching the film more and more after we've been doing trivia together and, uh, listen to the soundtrack every night after we went and, game and whatnot and just <laughs> i love the film ron would you like to tell us about your first time seeing this movie it is baby uh, i think i watched it at trista's house mm -hmm. yes Aww. and uh there you you have to watch things kind of quiet because she's nice to her neighbors and it's an apartment mm -hmm. uh, so i watched it this afternoon cranked it up good and loud mm -hmm. <laughs> She's a much better person than I. Yeah. Our poor neighbors. <laughs> but I mean, poor us, really. Those freaking 
bitches stomp like crazy <laughs> live upstairs from us anyway but all of the songs in the Muppet movie were originally going to be for this movie no you <laughs> see <laughs> fit really well Rain- Rainbow Connection talk. gets a little weird in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be much darker. Much darker in this. So I'd like to note at this point, uh, it happened already about 10 minutes ago, but the opening song with the Juicy Fruits, that like, you know, 50s retro band, the lyrics to that song are so 70s. Um, It's totally, I mean, it's over now, so, you know, we can't. I can't point it out to you, but the next time you guys watch it, you should take note of that. It's like, <laughs> oh, real, real quick, you know that the yeah the lyrics are. It's actually very poignant to the film because it's oh that, that's a very Tarantino inner title there. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, yeah the 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 story is uh, about a guy whose sister is um, deathly ill and he they can't afford the operation. He's a sing singer songwriter and he can't afford to pay for operation, so um, he uh, plans his own suicide to kill himself so that. Um, then he'll be famous and then people will buy the music and then uh, she'll have the money for the operation. Uh, and, and in the song they say it worked and it worked. <laughs> so it's all about <laughs> sets the movie up a little wow. bit. Yeah. And interestingly, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I think this and Rocky horror were kind of made very close to each other in different continents. And, uh, yeah, both have these weird kind of 50s style songs about someone named Eddie. Oh, wow. Some synchronicity some names in there. Bette Midler, oh. Peter Fonda. Freaky. And Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, okay, when he just smiled there, yep. he looked a lot like Nicolas Cage. So I'm starting <laughs> to see why Nicolas Cage loves this movie. There's, yeah, there's a lot of Nicolas Cage in this movie. And Jessica Harper, I mean, with the Rocky Horror Connection, she started like the un- unofficial sequel to Rocky Horror too. So there's that. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Mm. Maybe that'll be our third. You know, one interesting <laughs> thing too about the, the music in this movie, other than all the Paul Williams um you know, songs and compositions is the regular soundtrack is very like almost like 1920s or 30s type music. If you listen to it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, very kind of strange. And, you know, there's definitely some German expressions. Yeah, it's a very cla- classic, uh, like silent movie piano. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well, in, yeah, in the early 70s, you had a real 50s retro thing, but you also had that 20s, 30s sort of retro thing going on for a few years as well. So I think they meet up here. And of course, our lead here is played by uh, William Finley, playing Winslow Leach. He was a star of many of uh, the early student films of Brian De Palma. Ah. And uh, he was in a number of De Palma films. He was uh, uh, one of the doctors and sisters. Um, But this was like his main, like the only film where he had like a major starring role in. Everything else was kind of supporting roles and they're all pretty good like films like this the fun house and uh silent rage i think one of my favorite ones that he shows up in is the uh toby hooper eaten alive <laughs> yeah. he shows up as yeah. one of the guests and they're playing almost a character that goes a bit off the rails like he winds up doing in this film um great film but yeah i think he's great in that too i love him in the fun house yeah. So his character's name here, uh, Winslow Leach, was taken from his um, mentor, uh, De Palma's mentors, uh, Wilford Leach. Mm. Mm. Uh, Willie and I geeked out a little bit uh, last night um, trying to find stuff on YouTube with people 
you know, making their commentaries on this film. And uh, the I can't remember the name of the guy we found. I wish we could because I'd give him a shout out. But I think it's Nick's Fear. Nick's Fear. Uh, so great. He was great. Yeah. Totally. But he pointed out that um, all three of the main characters in this film are named after birds. You have Swan, you have Phoenix, and you have Winslow Leach. Yes. I thought that was really interesting. And there's yeah. tons of bird imagery throughout the film. We'll try to look yeah. out for it. There were of course, birds. the well, Death Records nice. logo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. There yeah. At some point, there are birds on her dress. Bird. What's that? At some point, there are yeah, birds the, on her dress. The Phantom's costume is, is very bird-like, too. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. And his mask. Well, and of course, if you go to the story about the swan song for what Death Records was originally supposed to be, there's another bird connection right there. Yep. Which, again, as Jeff might want to mention, as you were saying earlier, with the Led Zeppelin connection. Right. Can we hold off on that for just one second? I'd like to get just a vote. Wig or no wig on the uh, the other woman? <laughs> I don't think it's a wig. I don't think it's a wig. I ah. think it's the seventies. I think it's yeah. a total wig. No, I think she just spent like a day in the beauty shop. <laughs> ah. You know, it's like Farrah Fawcett hair, but it's not. It's a Damon, wig. what it's... do you think? Wig? I think it's a, I think it's a whole fake head. <laughs> <laughs> the blonde girl in the middle though looks like what is her name? Tiffany Trump? Who's the Who's the Trump that he doesn't like? The <laughs> kitty? Yeah. It's if Tiffany. you look at her, I mean, it's kind of weird, but I think we might not get another shot of her. But there's a blonde girl when they shoot back. To the girls. She looks like Tiffany Trump. She was putting her lip gloss on in one Whatever of the other shots. What happened to Tiffany Trump? Who? Where is she now? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be okay. So do we want to talk about Led Zeppelin yet? Harper, like... Oh. Sorry, Damon. We're what? all like, just looking Harper, out like, for Tiffany did Trump. factor in like, everybody's mescaline fantasy back in the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when so I was nine movies. years old doing mescaline, I was, yeah, she <laughs> was one of the first. I mean, Suspiria, she had this, she had the shock treatment yeah, and everything. Sure. Yeah. Oh, did you guys see she's going to be a shit? That's just, they're still going. There we go. Did you see she's going to be in the new Suspiria? Cool. She is? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's birds on another oh, girl's yeah. outfit that just ran up the stairs, but there is a bird on Ooh. her outfit. Ooh, there's the bird. Yes. Okay. I love that nice. jumpsuit. Yeah, the color, the colors, all the costumes. They really like planned that out. Like, yeah, like the seventies like to do. Like, she's got the blue polka dot dress yes. on in front of her. Is the blue sky dress with the birds on it? Leather lady went up Which with the I birds covet. on it. Is Tiffany Trump the one who's like just behind his shoulder? I'm like, oh. I'm really fixated on this. Okay, everybody, we're gonna rewind thing. the film so you can see. No, there she is. There she's white coat, white coat for you. That's her. There she is, oh, Tiffany fine. Trump. Tiffany Trump. That's very real. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Harper's jumpsuit here is incredible. Oh my it god, I love it. This oh, was, actually, was... it's a two-piece. Okay, I just saw it's a two-piece. Yeah, she's got pants and it's then pajamas. Yeah. Oh, it's so wear those pajamas. But this uh, this is actually the movie where Argento noticed her and oh really called out to her for Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. cool. Hmm. Yeah, talking about the casting a little bit, there was a lot of overlap uh, with Star Wars casting so lucas and de palma kind of shared the same casting sessions huh. so she was a uh, shortlist for princess leia no Whoa. kidding wow well she's great but i'm real glad that carrie fisher got that part it all worked yeah. out yeah another interesting side yeah. note is uh sissy spacek was set dresser for this film oh, wow no and kidding. brian de palma of course in his next film <laughs> carrie cast sissy spacek huh yeah, so she, she was, was dating the uh, the set designer for this, wasn't she? Oh. Yeah. yeah, the uh, yeah yeah the production designer, and she was the set dresser basically, and that's how they kind of first met. 
you can become a top banana when you start at the bottom of the bunch. <laughs> so the uh, so her boyfriend was uh, Jack Fisk, uh, was her was the production designer on this, and he um okay. he went on to, to be the uh, production designer for Mulholland Drive for all of um Lynch's stuff, and also for Terrence Malick's films. And I believe did, he did the Racerhead too. Uh, I'm not sure. I know Sissy Spacek is credited with special thanks at the end. Huh. So probably. Sorry, Jeff. Oh, I think that Sissy Spacek and Jack Fisk are still married, I believe. Oh, wow. Good for them. So who's this old lady in the moo amidst <laughs> all these? Yeah, Mom! That's like the guy. Super sexy. Oh, yeah. That's I know. The guy. Yeah. I know. You told me if you make a shy video. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to point out. And here we have our he first doesn't fit in, so introduction. He to the great Paul Williams. <laughs> this is a beautiful entrance. It yeah. really is just <laughs> amazing. So how far are we into the film here? This is like 15 minutes yeah. in, 20 minutes yeah, in? Yeah, about 15 <laughs> minutes in. We, we have heard him talk best and saw his white gloves, but that was about the only thing we've seen so far. <laughs> Great opening line. Yes. <laughs> Get this old lady in a muumuu out of here. <laughs> yeah, what a strange way to start your movie. Like like the uh-huh. with the the musical number by itself and then like that that scene where the juicy the head juicy fruit is just like talking into the camera like he's talking to the audience and you don't become aware until like halfway through but he's talking to Swan. Yeah. I have to say as someone that grew up where like when I was in the crib, there was Muppets all around on the wall and whatnot. And then knowing Paul Williams and everything from Rainbow Connection to Emmett Otter to all of a sudden finally seeing this film, it's just like, it's 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 a beautiful thing. I'm glad that is the guy that made those songs. He is one of uh, three guest stars on The Muppet Show who had a Muppet made mm. in his likeness. <laughs> and the only one with uh, that got it aired, I think Connie Stevens and Juliet Prowse had Muppets made and presented as gifts after the show. Oh, oh so really? good. Yeah. Nice. Now here's some black cops um, putting some drugs in a white guy's bag to frame him. Is this science fiction? What is this? <laughs> it's like a parallel universe. <laughs> Castration. <laughs> so what do you guys think was going on in the culture at this time that the two, this and uh, Rocky Horror came out about the same time? Uh, what year was it again? This, this was 74? Yeah, Rocky Horror was 75. I think hmm. kind of... Uh, and end of uh yeah and and end of the the sort of 60s era sort of first wave rock music um and the nostalgia well maybe that depending on what you count that as like what wave i mean the 50s thing was around for nostalgia the 60s thing was really sort of winding down and kind of blowing out and everybody was doing lots of drugs this is a movie made for people <laughs> to watch on drugs yeah when did uh tommy come out Somewhere around there, I think maybe seventy five. Oh, okay. Or something For some like reason, that, I, I thought that would have come out before these. That yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was Ro- all part of the same. And Rocky cluster. Horror was actually a, you know, a Broadway musical mm-hmm. before it was a film. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. Much like this Hedwig. is this has this has a lot of Tommy. In it. This is almost like a mix of like Ken Russell and Carol Burnett. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> it's got that variety show <laughs> feel to it. So does there exist a, a variety show where everyone can strip down and just start 
just shooting up, you know, at the, you know, <laughs> continue doing the sketches. Does there exist a separation of people that are like diehard fans of this film and then the people that are the diehard Rocky Horror fans or did anything like anybody hear of anything like that existing? Well, I always know that Turf War like the Star Trek, Star Wars. Well, I always know, like, you know, because Rocky Horror is like, you know, the cult classic. And at least escape. growing up, this movie was like, until I think within the last 10 years, never even mentioned. Like, yeah. a lot of people yeah. hadn't even heard of it or yeah. seen it. Yeah, what's up with that? How come this didn't have a midnight, you know, movie tradition? It seems like a midnight movie. movie. It sure. does. Yeah, it seems it like did in Winnipeg. Singing Winnipeg. along, yeah, with yeah, it. it was really big. They had a party down in Winnipeg, <laughs> and I, and I believe <laughs> where all the good drugs were. And I believe in France too. It was a, a big, you know, fairly good sized hit. Okay. They double featured it with like yeah. Jerry Lewis or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Jerry Lewis, hate that guy, hate yeah. that guy. Yeah, it didn't do well at all over here. I mean, I, I, I would imagine. I mean, I, I don't have any knowledge, but just I, I'm going to go ahead and just say without knowing because why not, that probably people are either strongly in one camp or the other. I, I have nothing against Rocky Horror, but this is the clearly superior movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And Rocky Horror is fun, but like, yeah. it's not so much of a story as much of a, as it is like just a bunch of stuff that happens and there's some songs. Yeah. Yes, but I'm going to give it to the songs in Rocky Horror. Yeah, the okay. songs... Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I think yeah, the songs definitely have the, wrote, the edge in that. In that and you know, Tim Curry could like kick Beef's ass any day. <laughs> real quick, oh, good lord, <laughs> yes. Real quick, that was a real um, injection press at Ideal Toys, and they had blocks in to like stop it from going all the way on his head, oh and God. the blocks got crushed because the press was so strong. So he oh, almost got, had his oh head crushed. <laughs> For real, and the scream—the wow. scream that you hear—is a real scream. That, wow. that's, he wow. was really <laughs> screaming. I do think it's an ingenious way for Some him to be, real. you know, physically scarred. Yeah, yeah. though it's that not, is. It's not yeah. acid or anything yeah. like that. Or what was just a record press? press. <laughs> can, I, can I just say too? If, if it was Kubrick, he would have he would have let his head be crushed, and he would have demanded another. Take. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think I just didn't buy that scream last time, William. I mean, well, what's really interesting is the um, so the original the book the original Phantom of Phantom the Opera didn't have um, no he was born born uh, disfigured, but the forty three the film in forty three he had acid was what made him disfigured. But was super interesting to me is that Harvey Dent um, Bob Keen created that car the character in forty two, like even before the Phantom Phantom the Opera. Wow. Who was disfigured by acid. Huh. Two-Face. Yeah, so this film basically, oh. like Dan brought up, you know, it's you know, it's part Phantom of the Opera, part Faust, and part a uh, picture of Dorian Gray. Yes. So, and I think that's kind of like, you know, what Willie was mentioning, how the difference between Rocky Horror and this movie. I prefer this movie because I think it's just more solid from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. I always thought Rocky Horror kind of, it, it kind of falls apart towards yeah. the last act yeah. a little bit or it something like that. It fizzles out after the second act. But, uh, gonna... I mean, I still love that movie. It's got a fantastic soundtrack, just just like this this film does. Well, and Rocky Horror doesn't have Jessica Harper in it. So. Right. <laughs> it has Susan Sarandon. Oh, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Well, yeah. it does have that. Yes. Yeah. And here comes, like, Nothing wrong with her. the beginning of one of the great, uh, like, De Palma um, kind of, 
one take long shots. Well, this is his yeah. to Orson and, Welles and the, here. Uh, right. We're coming into a split screen here. Yeah, split Correct. screen, which he used in I got a, a number of his early films. I think the first yeah. three. I believe this is not my favorite yeah. of his split screens. For like Sisters is fucking unbeatable as far as I'm concerned. And Carrie is pretty great. Yeah, but the 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 camera choreography in Sisters, it's just unbelievable. Like in the Sisters is great. The hallway. The yeah. I think it was Sisters was that led first, me to this. This was like the first like split screen like direct homage to a to another uh, film though because he has like the whole touch of evil. Um, mm. Bomb tribute going on. Oh, one of them is a... doing the split screen. Mm. This is a yeah. great take on the original Winslow Leach song that he is singing. Because it's basically the same song, I mean, oh, the awesome. same tune, just with different oh. lyrics. Of course, yeah. they're singing about upholstery. Here. Carburetors, man. <laughs> Carburetors. <laughs> that is what life is apparently all about. And carburetors. Yes. And another little completely geeky thing is this actor here, George Mamoli, who's playing Swan's kind of right-hand man. Um, his character name is Arnold Philbin. And uh, Mary Philbin was the actress who was the lead in Phantom of the Opera mm. back in 1925. Mm. I'm sure that's... That's some real good geek trivia. <laughs> that, that is geek trivia. They must have planned that that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do such a great job, though. It's just like an amazing concept to have this starting out with like the 50s rock and roll parody and then switching into this Beach Boys-esque surfer thing. And then, of course, it's going to play out as the movie continues. But yeah. So are these both all one shots or just the one on the right? (laughs) I think they both are. Yeah. Okay, that is pretty impressive. I'm sorry. I knew who Paul Williams was before I saw this. I, you know, I, I had heard his music. I'd seen him on the Muppet Show. You know, I knew of him, and I just never would have guessed him being cast as like, <laughs> you know, this like super like sexy rock star type. Like, it's it's really kind of messing with I, me. It's great. It is. You know, it's, I, it's sad. It's sad that you don't see him that way. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody saw him well, that way. Come on. I do now. Oh, you I'm know. sure he got some ass back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know he got totally. some ass. I love the fact that like the a lot of uh, this movie, what this movie is about is, um, you know, like Winslow is too uncharismatic as far as Swan is concerned to pull his weight as a rock star. So he has to give the music to somebody else. Um, but this takes place in a decade where Paul Williams could still be a fucking rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Williams, I mean, he's though, amazing. I mean, he's amazing. Just, and but he would never look at that. I, mean, I love how unaffected yeah. he is. <laughs> Nobody would let him fucking anywhere near a, a music video today. Right. No. I mean, even his hair kind of looks like a wig, though. Just going back to who's wearing a wig in this film, like a little bit. I, I mean, know. he looks like that could come right off. I think mm-hmm. somehow he'd still make it happen. I mean, and it's funny because Paul Williams is like one of those guys. I'd love that, to believe that. That to <laughs> me is so quintessential 1970s. Yep. Yes. I mean, he was everywhere, just like Paul Lynn or Ruth Buzzy. Right? He was on Hollywood Squares, wasn't he? Smoking <laughs> the mean, bandit. They, they were just like. I mean, you'd only like, see his forehead. I mean, he was everywhere in pop culture in the 70s. It but was he, just those three. Any, any, anywhere at any time in the 1970s, if you said something. Those three would pop out of the bushes and have like a, a quip. <laughs> yeah. 
and they just disappear. <laughs> I love how he just to see you. accepts that this is the next stage of this character, and he's like, I'm going to yeah. exploit this guy here, too. <laughs> this monster. That's the, yeah, that's the great... He's not even shocked at all. He just... He immediately takes ownership. <laughs> I am the devil. Yes. And I have lots of cocaine. <laughs> I think the point is that Paul Williams is cocaine. <laughs> I wish I could remember. There was a documentary that was out like maybe three or four years ago about Paul Williams. Oh, yeah, it's good fun. Is that what it's called, Still Alive? Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. I just put that on my watch list. Yeah, I remember for a number of years it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's on there anymore, but I highly suggest people search that out because it's totally worthwhile. I think it's on Amazon. Is that on Amazon? One of those things. Something. Yeah, it's totally worth watching. I'm just noticing that I have, as my hair grows out, very similar hair to Paul Williams here, <laughs> oh, and I think yes. I need to start rocking these glasses. <laughs> yes. Yes. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> Because I think that is going. what's missing from also, my game. Also, you got to curl your hair like under just at the neck. <laughs> it's such a good look. This chick is right here proving why Jessica Harper needs to sing this song. <laughs> this sounds like shit. So bad. Take, yep, get her out of there. Yeah, just, <laughs> so I do kind of question Jessica's dance that. moves, but other than that. I love her dance moves. Yeah. So <laughs> she, she won this part um, over Linda Ronstadt was in the running. Oh, no, no shit. way. Yeah. Wow. That's right, yeah. Willie, I love her dance moves. Right. She's a ballerina. <laughs> I like her dance moves too, and I love her bell bottom pants. Are incredible. <laughs> I like her plucky spirit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but look at this lady on the left with this crazy sleeve with these heads. Yeah. It's crazy. Ooh, I, can't stop. I would wear that. I can't stop staring thing. at her top. Yeah. It's hard the not to. Top. They want you to look at her. I, I was, yes. Pin blowing cold air in her nipples just to get the scene right. <laughs> <laughs> These sweaty henchmen with the black under their eyes are They're going to a football game later. I don't know. What they're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they just came from one. So, do you think that Dudley Moore or which one of these guys is taller? You know, like, I know it's like not fair. I'm not trying to be a, like heightist or or whatever I'm, you call I'm that. I'm voting Dudley. But just a but hair. did they ever hang like, out? Because I like want the picture. Of the two of them taller. together at Studio Fifty Four. Like I want the picture. I want that picture. Oh. She's Hello. taking her hat off. <laughs> it's getting, getting serious. <laughs> Shit's getting real. This role is hers. So how come they all have these like shirts with the hand-drawn stuff? So the two guys had the, the blue ones in the mm. beginning and then this one. Yeah. You know, I think that might just be a 70s thing. My mom had like... Um, I had shirts like that when I was a little kid. My mom bought them for me. I think that was just the hot thing. That was weird when she was looking at me just there. Yeah, yeah. You felt funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you get chills? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of a... I'm going to go to the bathroom for five minutes. Yeah. Here, <laughs> Mine kind of went blank. Yeah. yeah. She's so damn... You know, charming. Yeah. You know. She's got a nice voice too. It's I true. really Yeah, she's really a great singer. Uh, you know. 
It seemed like there was a time during the 70s where Jessica Harper was the it girl, but it was, really wasn't clear what the it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she never she, had a huge hit. Yeah, but Go ahead, no, Damon. Sorry. No, I mean, it was a lot of things that just that just attained like a cult status later, but um, For sure. But she was in all of them. <laughs> it was like uh, I think Pennies from Heaven with Steve Martin. That was another musical. Was I she believe. in Pennies from Heaven? I think Ooh. so. Yeah. yeah, that's one I would like to revisit. Yeah. My favorite year with Peter O'Toole and Shock Treatment. I, I don't. I haven't seen Shock Treatment since I watched it with you, like feeling, in high school. Feeling like depressed. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that Pennies from Heaven. Yeah, kind of a downer. It, yeah, it was depressing. I mean, it, it, as a musical. You know, a musical you wouldn't expect to be depressed, mm-hmm. but that that movie was kind of depressing. <laughs> um, I'm fairly certain all these women standing there know they're about to go home because mm-hmm. she's nailing it. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> Take it on down the line. That's an exit right there. <laughs> yeah. an exit. Oh, she should. Oh God, I forgot my purse. How did I do? Was it okay? Was it okay? <laughs> Did you like it, Mr. Satan? <laughs> uh, we meet Tonto. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone know about that no. contraption? That's that's a real synth. Oh. Yeah, named Tonto. If I'd have had things a little more together today, I planned to have that music playing for you when you arrived, oh, but gosh. I was busy. Wow. And vo- voice monsterizers were so big mm. back then. I mean... Now you can get like a voice monsterizer that's like the size of like a Rice Krispie that just like fits right on your neck. That chest box is a little oh, pre wow. uh, pre Darth Vader. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's got birds on his vest. Like that. Oh shoot! Those are some high waisted pants he's got on too. <laughs> Those pants are totally Tell wasted. <laughs> so, so this is Paul Williams' voice coming through. Also now. high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulgur. <laughs> There's a little bit of a like you could do Sean Connery, you know, <laughs> and then you could just tweak it a little, and it would be Paul Williams, <laughs> the voice, you know. Dolby's? Yeah, that was a good bit. I love that. <laughs> the Dolby's. Dolby's. It would sound better in Dubly. <laughs> Control. Is, the, is there more than one Dolby? Yes. Would there's... noise reduction really help in this? <laughs> Best eye acting ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't let it go. His speech pattern is just endlessly fascinating. Yeah. It's it's not an accent. I've just I've never heard anybody else talk like that. Nobody else has. I have. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wisecrack to follow that. I just have. <laughs> it's just I actually have. 
I love this take on the fan. Are you talking about Paul Williams or the, uh, the no, voice No, Paul Williams, yeah. And you were talking earlier about the bird theme. That's obviously a – well, maybe not obvious, but I – I think it def- that helmet definitely has some out of a bird. Oh yeah, oh, totes obs. Oh yeah, vest. Totes obs for show. A little beaky. Ah, beaky. the contract. The party. Sweetens lawyer must stay really busy. That was totally. We just got in that head. You. I say seventies calligraphy. I know that's. I know that's. The party of the first part will henceforth be known as the party of the first part. It's like um, they sample that Flesh in the Bauhaus song, but it's from something else, isn't the it? The Devil and Daniel it, Mouse. It is, and I think I... Oh. What, what happened? The, the Devil, Devil and Daniel, Daniel Mouse, Mouse becomes third uncle, right? I think it's third uncle. Yeah. I, can't. <laughs> I don't know anything don't about what you're talking about, no. but I heard... I feel like I once... It's whatever I think that I found it is. by accident, but I don't remember what it was now that I... I watched an old movie that I think it's from. It's the I Devil know. and Daniel Mouse. I thought it was okay. like a Ron says it's Devil and Daniel Mouse. I've never right. seen a movie in my life, right. so I don't know. What I don't know. Was movie that a or book maybe called the Devil and Daniel Webster? Who became a sing- famous singer? Yeah. Daniel Johnston. Yeah. The, what? The Devil no. and Daniel Mouse was uh, the inspiration for the Devil and Daniel Webster. Aha. Uh-huh. I think it, well the other way around. Uh, I don't oh, think you're. Uh, we'll have to Google that. <laughs> don't do it, man. Don't do it. Well, Ron, thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. I I can't remember. Like maybe I, I don't know where. It's I a Bauhaus swear. song. It's a Bauhaus song. It's the yeah. same company that made um, Rock and Rule. Oh, okay. Rock and Rule. Nice with uh, Iggy Pop and Deborah Harry. Yes. What? Oh yeah. I don't. I, know that. I don't know that either. Oh my! We'll have great fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we will. I'm never leaving Ron. Animated. What'd you say, Damon? Sorry. I think Paul Williams is animated. You know, while you were, you were talking about rock I think that he's not really there. I think he's like I was kind of checking to see if anyone was going to see Is it possible his... that he's still being animated? Right. <laughs> is there anyone looking? Still working for Paul Williams? <laughs> yeah, that hair definitely ain't real. It's animated. <laughs> yeah, Clancy, like he checks in his house to see if anyone's watching him. Has anyone seen this alone? secret corridor, the room that I always hang out in, right. and everybody comes to hang out with me in? I think most most uh, accounts would would say that that Swan is kind of a Phil Spector uh, riff. Oh. Makes total sense to me. His yeah. name was originally yeah. supposed to be Spector. Okay. Yep. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Oh. You did some research. It was Tyron DB. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get Jungian just for a second, Do but um, uh, yeah, uh, Jung was actually very, very fond of. I'm not sure if, how to pronounce it. Is it Goethe? Goethe, yeah. Okay, um, Goethe's reworking of uh, the Faust legend, um, which was originally a much more fundamentalist. There were um, Faust, the uh, Mephistopheles, and the female's name was Gretchen, and um, in the end, Faust was damned to hell. For the choices that he made, Gretchen um, was executed for execute or for killing the bastard child that she had with Faust, but she was redeemed and got to go to heaven in the end. Um, and then Goethe's re- reworking of Faust uh, has more to do with uh, Faust's actual journey into um, uh, 
falling from grace and being redeemed. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jung was very fond of it as a kind of a parallel of the psychological process of alchemy, uh, where the individual psyche is kind of broken down and, and rebuilt and redeemed. Oh. You go down and you meet your shadow and get all fucked up and mm-hmm. come back out the other side. I think that's what EMDR is like. Yeah. EMDR, by the way, you guys, is a <laughs> trauma treatment. It's a very weird one, but it's a very effective one. Hmm. Just thought I'd let you know. You know, I. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. What, what, what know... goes on in EMDR? Uh, I'll tell you about it another time. Clancy <laughs> was about to say something. Well, I was just going to say they were showing that uh, Death Records logo and the fact that they had to change it during the production. Um, I always watching this thought that it, that might have been a nice, happy uh, result just like going with that upside down dead bird to me, which maybe they would have had something similar if they still went with the swan song thing. But I love that logo and think it is one of the highlights of the film. Mm-hmm. Just that imagery. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah it's maybe now some, does anybody know how the timing went with them getting into trouble with Led Zeppelin? Because there's these really, you know, awful hack jobs they had to do plastering something to cover something in the film. But then there's yeah. all these bits where they've, they're using the death records thing. So that well, I had to I, have been shot after that all happened, but then they'd shot some stuff before. Does anyone know? I think the death records logo was fine. It was the swan song, which was on a couple of like, swan, it was supposed to be like swan song records, like at the front of the building. You and, and like on the marquee outside, those are the things that look. So like... was it originally that he had both Swan Song and Death Records, and well, they just had to cover up the Swan Song bits? Y- yes, I think it was just Swan Song at first, right? Yeah. Well, um, the Death Records—that was their solution after they got bullied by. You will see too. I believe in the finale. I believe there are some. There is a Swan, Swan Song. Oh. Something that shows up. I could be wrong, but I yeah, swear I think there are a few that slipped through. Okay, Ooh. because the lawsuit came, or they were threatened shortly okay. before release, so they didn't have time to go back and they really had to reshoot cut and anything. Paste. Yeah, there, uh, yeah, there's already been a couple that have popped popped up as we've been watching oh, some. Yeah. Swan I don't think we've gotten to the really good one yet. Swan Productions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Damon, um, EMDR. Um, I'll try to make it really short. So. It stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And basically what it is is bilateral stimulation that allows someone to go into a state where they can process their trauma. And so they pull up those memories and basically relive their trauma. And through it, they heal from it. It's Yeah, look at the death Ooh, records thing. It's a bad optical. For, yeah. yeah. It's right there. It's oh. brutal. Okay, so back into Young for just a second. Yeah, yeah, Young. I was yeah. So, yeah, I was totally lying earlier about getting out of it. But um, yeah, of course, well, you know, um, you never get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're definitely dealing with uh, like we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and say that um, Winslow Leach, who is very well intentioned and very creative, but very also egotistical and very attached to his music, like, nobody else can sing this but me, or whatever. Uh, I would I would relate to him, him to the ego, Swan, of course, being the shadow. Um, uh, we're going to go ahead and call uh, Phoenix the anima. Um, so, But those ideas mm-hmm. of gender essentialism are kind of being turned on their head here uh, in the, the 70s during the glam rock explosion, and this kind of 
confusion with uh, the introduction of androgyny, uh, which is absolutely embodied here by Beef, portrayed Beef. by by the amazing Jura Graham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so good. He, he's incredible in this movie, and he's done some very interesting films. <laughs> A lot of sequels. So I remember those like National Lampoon's Class Reunion, uh, Bud Two or Chud Two, Bud the Chud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Island of the Alive. It's Alive. It's Alive Three. Three. That's right. Yeah. 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 What What a great concept. I mean, taking like the whole kind of Kiss glam glam metal before it had even really become anything, and presenting it as like a reimagining of the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, I don't be- know where De Palma's head was at, but I mean, this was really fucking forward-thinking stuff. For sure. No, yeah. Beef is definitely I'm not like sure equal which parts. forward he was thinking into, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, yeah, Beef is equal parts Elvis Cooper and Kiss, although like the first Kiss mm. album came out the same year, so I'm not really sure. I know. I see just... Joe Bryath. Huh? Yeah, fair Total enough. Total Joe Bryath. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty except, um, except he can't he sing like Joe Bryan. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that snakeskin like fucking <laughs> SG is kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Not he... the guitar, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a swan song right up there at the top of the oh, shit. screen. Oh, oops. Yeah. That belt buckle too. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of are doing it in drag, though, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you do everything in drag, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess John Voight was considered for the part of Beef. Wow, mm. <laughs> this would have been after Deliverance. So. <laughs> oh, I'll squeal. Yeah. Is that a snake in that thing? Yeah, I think so. I love it. <laughs> I will have to admit, like, I always put on the soundtrack on the way back from horror trivia, and I do enjoy the beef stuff, but I always have to skip the beef song on the soundtrack just to get to some more Jessica Hart. Oh, yeah. Oh. (laughs) I guess I just said you can't sing. Look at his pants. There's, like, a silver thing coming up the side. I don't know what that's about. It's, like, a total dick. Very confusing. It's a snake. I think it's Look. yeah, but it's only in that. But it's only one, in that one spot. Like, where's the rest of the snake? <laughs> it's just the head of the snake. <clears throat> it's in his belt buckle. No, no. Oh yeah, that is a great belt saying. buckle. It is. Now his belt buckle has a snake yeah. insignia. Yeah. That's yeah. continuing, so maybe it snakes around his leg, around his butt, uh, and then comes up around the belt buckle. It wasn't I on his butt, though. I don't think so. No, you I couldn't think see the silver on his butt. His thigh. It's, it's just like wrapped from his where his pocket would be to his crotch. That's Pretty the much. that's the beauty of watching this on Blu-ray. You notice so, <laughs> so many <clear>. more <laughs> intricate details. <laughs> it is beautifully shot. It really is. So this was another reference here. So this is a reference to Poe's uh, cask of Amontillado. Is that how you say it? Amontillado? Yep. Amontillado. Yeah. Where it's a, it was a noble who um, bricked up another noble into a wall. Oh.
Yeah, that's maybe like the big separation between this and Rocky Horror is that Rocky Horror was referencing like just RKO, you know, pulp horror and sci-fi. And this was like uh, Brian De Palma trying to reference like every single gothic, you know, uh, horror literary reference he could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's he referencing there, by the way? Well, you know, look, look, look at his... Belt, belt buckle, deer, deer Oscar Wilde belt. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi. That belt is so good. I love the cameras too. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a that's a kind of a perfect. Yeah, like well, Rocky Horror's influences are much more cinematic, and this one's very literary. Rocky and this guy could totally go out though. Oh, definitely. Oh, and that fuck in his live number, it's like frighteningly Rocky esque. Yeah. Not genuinely frightening. But like, yeah. weird. I'm not screwed. <laughs> this scene is cocaine. I love this like bod magazine yeah. spread going on. There. Why didn't Michael Gira sue them for that Swans cigarette logo there? <laughs> He looks like he needs a shower. Look at that sweaty look. <laughs> He's glistening. Sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> and and here we're going to have like one of the very first kind of De Palma course being uh, channeling a little bit of uh, yeah. his idol, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. A little bit, a little bit. Taking the plunge, as it were. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I'll explain it when you're older. <laughs> Is that a Scorpio sign on his cheek? Looks like it. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's got death on his face. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to get it in the shower. <laughs> yeah, he can't sing. Just get him. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this voice case reminded me of, like Prince of Darkness or whatever. <laughs> it's like the video or whatever they keep. Oh yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, beef's oh, what making the a hell run for is it. Beef wearing here? He's got like a Santa costume on. <laughs> <laughs> he probably stole it from the costume department. Yeah. Oh yeah, he got dressed in a hurry. I'm not Tinkerbell, I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> I keep telling my landlord this. I'm believing <laughs> Dude, Beef had the chance to change his little face thing. From a Scorpio symbol to some other, some black blotchy thing. I hope they close close up on his face. Professional. Right. I don't know yeah. what that is. It's a clover. It's a clover. Huh. He changed it. 
he went through the trouble of changing it. He's an artiste. He, need, he needs. <laughs> he needs some. He needs good luck in this situation. He did a lot yeah, of seventies really coke before does. he got in the shower. I don't know how he hmm. almost got killed and then put a four leaf clover without it being like shaky all over his face. Yeah. I don't know, but he's a professional, so that's <laughs> that's how that falls in. <laughs> no, he could he never really sing in the first insane. place, though. He, he probably should have just kept going. You know yeah. what's about to happen here. Yeah. He probably should have just left. But total Poor guy. Dr. Caligari sets here. Yep. Yes, I great. feel bad for Beef, you know, because he's innocent. He's just doing his job. Is this where we're at in our career as the Juicy Fruits? This <laughs> seems about right. We're the undeads. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love this stage, though. It's I really great. want to do Absolutely. that show. Okay. I think this is a good plan. Yeah, with all the gimmicks they have in this little act here is very Alice Cooper-ish. Yeah. Super yes. Alice Cooper. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of looks like Gene Simmons on the left. It does. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I don't think he would wear a dress, but I don't the know why. Gene guy Simmons is like, wearing a dress, even though he's wearing Gene Simmons. Yeah. I mean, if he yeah, can no. make some money off of it, he probably. Oh, yeah. Maybe. He'd put a dress on, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he Ooh. does wear a dress and. Was it Never Too Young to Die? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, okay. I haven't seen then. it, but I, I, is I it really John should. John Stamos? And, yes. Yeah. And what? And a, is that the Vanity or Apollonia? I can't yeah. Remember. And Gene Simmons in a dress? Yes. He's, he's like a transvestite yeah. uh, terrorist? Or what is he in that movie? Yeah, it's like, it's totally worth checking out. It's the next movie night. Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any. Uh, Heavy metal Alice Cooper or Kiss Rock bands that like uh, actually had plants in the audience who they'd they'd pull out and mutilate, <laughs> or was this or was this just entirely made up? I think this. I feel like they're riffing off of Alice. Might I, have, I have made up. I have no idea what uh, Crazy World of Arthur Brown did in their live stage show, but. Yeah, yeah because that was, that's a good idea. That's kind of a Guar thing, act, yeah. Bring people yeah. out of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Guar, Guar would have done something like that. Oh, they did. They would like feed audience members to like their giant worm, the world maggot. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like this is a fantastic song, and I also think the whole setup here with them basically building you know beef yes. with all the dead you know with the body parts is pretty fantastic for sure <laughs> oh wait it was a fake head earlier oh uh, yeah it was mm. <laughs> that, that's it right there 
Suspension of disbelief is totally blown for me. The hair is real, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The makeup is very much... I mean, it's it fits with the set design, where it's mm-hmm. almost like abstract shadows. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, German expressionism. Absolutely. Somebody needs to turn this movie into a live production. Yeah, I would love to see this. Seems like something that Dylan and Julia would do. Hmm. Yes. The shock opera people. Tell your friends. Tell I'll your get friends, on it. Davis. I'll get on it. I'm not sure why that hasn't happened yet. Wow. It's a great shot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is super similar to the birth of Rocky and Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of maids <laughs> and they're like a bunch of Columbias. <laughs> totally, totally. He got something else on his cheek now. It's like a prince symbol or something. <laughs> There's like... I swear to God, there's like a prince there symbol is. on there. I yeah. think it might be a dagger. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's a, it's a symbol, a dude. There's the arrow well, and the freaking plus sign. Yeah. 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 A little androgyny there. Yeah. Dude. He's made out of audience parts. The syzygy. He's the syzygy. Hmm. The union of opposites. Okay, so what's up with the little like cluster of glitter on his crotch there? I'm, he's got the, a glittery crotch. He's that's, got where, like, <laughs> that's where glitter goes. There's just like it? this blob, though. It's like someone just put some Elmer's glue and sprinkled some glitter yeah, on like. Yeah, what is that about? <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that is. He he leaked glitter. His costume's so good, and then there's just this one dumb. <laughs> There's nothing else dumb going on there. No, no. <laughs> incredibly yeah, cerebral. Everything else is very classy. They love you, beef. And this is one of the. I, I think this is the only actor who. Uh, Garrett Graham is not actually singing in this song. Oh, really? It's a different act. Yeah. This is so. Oh, great. that's why it actually is tuneful. Yeah. That's not how you play a guitar. I don't think. Uh, that's how you make more of a glitter stain. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should take this guy out. Yeah, I I, I realized I watching this all today of these that hairs. look at all that fucking cotton candy froze, man. Yes, those girls changed fast. They got all that makeup off. Oh. <laughs> This is one of the greatest deaths oh. I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty ingenious the way this is going to shoot it. It's good. <laughs> Such a great shot. That was awesome. And they love it even more. Of course. <laughs> Paul Williams is hard to face. Yeah, really. He's seen it all, you know. Full cucumber. So the the crowd scenes, especially in the in the finale, um, it was a performance group that uh, De Palma had shot previously in a film called Dionysus '69. Mm. Um, that was a it was a kind of a it was a 
performance arts uh, collective that acted out like a, I think they they did like a, a reenactment of the Bacchus, um, and they were oh. they basically you know create like anarchy, um, and De Palma would just film it. Oh, that's great! <laughs> so, I think that was his um, first big yeah, use they, of split screen, right? On that one, yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to show the audience and the performance at the same time. Kind of reminds yeah, me of uh, like Hodorowski with the sacramental melodramas. Just like 60s style happenings, basically. But anyway, sorry, Damon. No, that's that's exactly what it was. It was um, he just let them do whatever because he knew that they would create great chaos. <laughs> And uh, then he went through and just filmed the whole thing, Cinema Verite. She just, she's like calmed the entire audience. They went back to their seats. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was just in, this amazing death, explosion, mayhem. And, and all the burning like flesh. One minute around. later, and she's. Fernark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the uh, in the Goethe version of Faust, she is like the uh, eternal feminine, hmm. and I think it's uh, in part her pleadings to God that redeem Faust in the end of the the reworked version. Mm. Oh wow! She's mesmerizing us. Mm-hmm. So did this song ever do anything outside the film? Not that I, I'm aware of. I know the you know the original soundtrack was actually nominated for an Academy Award no oh, shit. back oh. in 1974. But awesome. As well it should have but been. It, it lost, but it was nominated. But that's like pretty much the only awards recognition this movie got. Wow. Mm. I do know that Paul Williams performed The Hell of It, mm-hmm. which is the end credit song, mm-hmm. during the Brady Bunch Power Hour or something back <laughs> in the late 70s. Oh, oh, <laughs> nice. I want that. Do you remember oh the Brady Bunch God. had like a, was like a variety was no. oh, Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, and Paul Williams was a guest on one of those, and he actually performed The Hell of It. Wow, we got to YouTube that shit, dude. Oh, really? I think he, he did that one on The Muppets too, right? Did he? I think so. I think did he, he actually did say too. the hell of it though on the Muppets? Oh no, probably I don't think, not. No. Although I remember the... he might have because um, shoot, oh I'm I'm drawing a blank. Peter Sellers did cigarettes and whiskey and wild <laughs> wild women on the, on the Muppets. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this this song was originally never before, and never again, which became Miss Piggy's song. Never before. Never again. (laughs) Paul Williams is Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Kind of. He's such a man child. It's like. The high waisted pants are like. But that's a that's a seventies thing. Oh yeah, he's yeah, got the, a little bit of a belly too, you know. Like good for him. He rocked the high waisted pants with the belly. <laughs> She's got birds on her boobies. <gasps> mm, bird boobies. Could I put a bird on it? 
And that's one thing I never noticed before is all the bird imagery, especially mm-hmm. in a lot of the costumes. Mm-hmm. I think his vest here has more birds too. Yeah, he kind of is wearing that ascot thing, which is like you know when the birds puff out their throat or whatever when they're gonna hit on a chick. Oh yeah. He's kind of hidden on her. So he's like a bluebird. He yeah, mm. he's puffing his throat out <laughs> of her right his now. chest out. You know, I'll bet they did that. I bet that was done thoughtfully. It wouldn't surprise me anyway. She's sitting down. He's almost as tall as him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's sitting on a phone book. <laughs> or he's standing on one. Rather. He likes me. <laughs> Feathers. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's some great lighting in this movie. Yeah, it's really interestingly shot and lit, for sure. Was beef. <laughs> so this is my theory of why this didn't take off as much as Rocky Horror is that um, I don't want to jump the gun here. After this scene with Phoenix, I, I think we realize that she's, you know, pretty human. I, I think we lose her a little bit as a character because she's really not that good of a person. Like she, uh, I, I let it play out. Well, she's vulnerable to temptation. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, what fame does to people, right? Yeah, it's a Palma's message, but I think it, it we lose the uh, character a little bit here. Yeah, I think in a movie like this, we kind of are inclined to want her to be more simple and good. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you've got, you know, Paul Williams is the bad fame guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's kind of along, along for the ride here. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, I mean, yeah, I guess they're all pretty flawed. With, in, in their ambitions, it's true. at least. It's true, yeah. yeah. So it's perhaps a slightly confused complexity? For sure. Fucking with us? I think so. Yeah, which I think is a De Palma trademark. Mm-hmm. He's never binary about anything. I really appreciate that she, um, that she has that complexity. And that he does too, you know, their innocence and then they're not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the music industry does this to them. Fly and that's away. another big De Palma theme in all his films is abuse of power. Ah. I don't know how much we want to get into De Palma as a oh, sure. filmmaker. Go for Let's it. Let's do it. I was kinda I was kinda saving some stuff for later, but if you've got something now. Oh, just, yeah, I think as we go. I'm very I'm very on the fence with him, you know. Um, there are definitely times, most specifically dressed to kill, where I feel like he went too far in the homage department. Um, Sisters is pretty pretty great in terms of, like, like you can definitely tell that it's a Hitchcockian influence, but it still feels like an original product, where Dressed to Kill, to me, feels like the first remake of Psycho. Yeah, I really enjoy 70s De Palma with Sisters, this film, and Carrie. Mm. Even The Fury 
you know has some has some good moments and some of the early 80s stuff i i like i love blowout um blowout's Blow- great and i mean he i think he's a fantastic at designing scenes and sequences he's mm-hmm. he's pr- pretty damn good like there's some great uh moments in the untouchables which i think is pretty fantastic for sure um, oh yeah you know body double has some you know <laughs> w- wonderful scenes of course you know they're kind of gratuitous but i think that's one thing i do kind of like about de palma too is he's like he doesn't shy away from uh, body double is batshit oh my yeah. god <laughs> favorite line of that movie is when he calls her up and she says he says something like Hey, I'm the one you almost fucked at the beach today. That's like the line I remember from seeing that movie when I shouldn't have, when I was like however old teenager I was. That was a line me and my friend would say to each other in high school across the hall. I'd be like, hey, I'm the one who almost, you almost fucked at the beach today. It was like our favorite thing to say when we were like 15 or something. Look, he has chomp fingers. <laughs> but this is what I was uh, saving it for, actually, like talking about De Palma and uh, his fucking fascinating history with... Uh, surveillance equipment and voyeurism. Um, yeah. One of the, probably the quintessential De Palma story is that he, uh, when he was younger, uh, helped his mom obtain photographic evidence of his father having an affair. No yeah, freaking yeah, for way. For sure. Yeah. yeah. There's that a fantastic dark. documentary <laughs> called De Palma. Yeah. And all it is yeah. is De Palma yeah. narrating, going through his life and every film, uh, very honestly about what he feels about each film it's a fantastic documentary came out last year yeah no no bomb back and another filmmaker made it yeah it's like a talking head of him just talking narrating his films yeah Yeah, it's great yeah and he's very honest about kind of you know why movies bombed or what didn't work and you know so it's not like a fluff piece it's pretty Mm -hmm. good so to follow up the the surveillance story Willie, he um he actually confronted his his dad like when he, he knew that his mistress was in there and confronted him and like went through his office and found her like hiding in a closet on the third floor wow so, wow. so it was a very confrontational it wasn't like just uh, the voyeurism but also yes, very confrontational uh, mm-hmm. wow and the one the what one a element foolish of... thing to do <laughs> sorry oh no <laughs> The one thing I liked about Dress to Kill was Keith Gordon's character, who was very clearly a stand-in for De Palma. Yeah, yeah. I love this. this. <laughs> Somehow we missed discussing Paul Williams' nipple, though. What? Well, <laughs> nipple? Was, was there yeah. a wardrobe malfunction that I missed? He had no shirt on when she was rubbing all over on him on the ground bed out there. There was some things I didn't want to interrupt, but there was nipple there. There was some things happening there that some made Paul Williams a very happy man. What with all the <laughs> silk and the rubbing of his pee pee yeah, and whatnot. <laughs> There pee-pee. was rubbing. There was rubbing. There was pee pee rubbing. Okay, okay, everybody, everybody at once. Here we go. Hold on. <laughs> and a contractual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is like one of the most disturbing scenes when you see Paul Williams when he when he's in the bathtub. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's just good. a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's it's weird with with the Palma. I think like. His best stuff usually comes when it's either dirt cheap or when he has like all the money in the world and he's being given just like some, you know, work for hire studio gig like uh, 
you know, untouchables or mission impossible, um, where, I mean, those are just amazing movies. I mean, they're, they're far beyond like anything they should have been. Um, I think in, in the hands of any other director, even with the, the scripts that they had, they, they never would have, you know, uh, been that good. Um, so, I mean, when, when he's, when he has like, uh, you know, just some insane budget or, or when he's just working on a shoestring, that's when he's at his best, but it's when he has like enough money to indulge his obsessions. <laughs> I think that's when, that's when you see like, you know, the, the weaknesses come out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's interesting, and he is he is a bold director. I feel <laughs> the bongos. What the <laughs> fuck? <Yeah. laughs> they want to be in the band. <laughs> so he came out to L.A. after Sister. No, um, Sisters was his first L.A. L.A. film. Is that right? Uh, after his his more experimental stuff. Is that I, right? I believe so. I think so. I thought this was. No, Sisters was first. So he did Sisters in 73. This was 74. (laughs) 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 But De Palma's considered part of the new Hollywood along with um, Scorsese, Schrader, George Lucas, Coppola, Spielberg, Carpenter. They were the up brands. <laughs> is, is, no! is Carpenter in that school or is he kind of a second wave? I was happy to see him listed in that wave. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, really Scott was in was in was considered in that list too. Now that hair is not real, <laughs> by the way. You're so cynical. <laughs> but it is beautiful. It is beautiful. He's got multiple cameras set up for this, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And an editor. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> they just cloned Paul Williams for the scene. That's not a split. It's just, they cloned him. I know. It's like, it's so. Like, it's, Is that like a swan head like on his back? It's disturbing because he looks like oh, he's shit. about 12. I think you're right. Uh, looks like he's about 12 years old. He does. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's a lollipop kid right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being heightest again. That's a total swan. Yeah, you can't tell in the. And other versions need the blu-ray oh, another camera for close-ups very good very good nice hookah he has in yes <laughs> everybody should have a hookah on their bathtub Dude, I'm so high right now. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in this little video monitor. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a, like a rear projection thing going on. Yeah, right? He's like filming himself about to commit suicide, but it, apparently there's like a whole camera crew there. You know what? If you're going to f- film yourself committing suicide, fucking do it like this. Don't just leave some bullshit, you know, 
found footage, shaky handheld camera thing. Faces of dead shit. So do you know, uh, Jeff, do you know, is this Paul Williams' first movie? I know we did Spooky and the Bandit that a little later, but... Yeah, you know, I... Did I just turn myself off? No, I do you, not know if this is like his first acting gig. Oh, okay. hmm. This was before Smokey and the yeah. Bandit. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, this is like three years before. He's got real good teeth. <laughs> he played like was it Little Enos or Little? What was it? Yeah, Little Enos. Enos. <laughs> I mean, he was primarily known as you know a songwriter. I believe was yeah. his first claim oh, yeah. to fame. Oh yeah, for sure. Huge hits. Penned like a lot of hits for was the Carpenters and mm-hmm. numerous people, Glenn Campbell and I think I think he did uh, yeah, we've only just begun. Yeah. And of course the Muppets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like did he compose like the majority I know he did of Rainbow the Connection soundtrack for the Muppet and so. the yeah. Muppet movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure if this led to any other film soundtracks that he did, considering the movie, you know, bombed when it was released originally. I mean, he did songs. Yeah. Um, He's done a lot of... The only one that's coming to me right now is he did, like, the end credits song for The Secret of Nim, but I'm sure there were more. Hmm. Sorry, Damon, what? He did the entire... He did the entire Muppet movie. Yeah. And he he did, like, over 100 movie soundtracks. Really? Or he worked on he worked on the soundtracks of like a, over a hundred movies. Hmm. Um, recently, he was in talks with uh, Del Toro for doing a stage musical version of Pan's Labyrinth. I believe. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I, I believe that's oh, wow. still. No I believe that is. I'm still not making this up. In the works. Wow. You know, if you own the Scream Factory DVD, or I'm sorry, Blu-ray, one of the best special features on it is Guillermo del Toro interviewing Paul Williams <laughs> about his career and this movie in particular. Yeah. Wow. Really? Wow. I, I, I was watching the interview. I didn't see, I didn't know Guillermo del Toro was doing the interview. Wow. Yeah. Um, some serious Merkins in this scene. I just yeah. need to point that out. <laughs> yes. They give you some good close-ups. Some real good Merkins. Yeah, they do. A yeah, lot of them are happy about the, yeah. hmm, the what? feather Merkins. So much bush. Look at that guy. Even the it's nipples had bush. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Daft Punk is a huge fan of this film. And on the album they had come out a couple of years ago, they do uh, <laughs> a number with Paul Williams. Yes. No way. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I'm at Paul to get punk. lucky. A nice one, Willie. That's how you know you're in the 70s when your breasts have crotch hair. (laughs) (laughs) Some serious Caligula shit. Nipple bush. Like these two guys in the background just throwing their staffs back and forth. (laughs) 
Yeah, see, they got the bird imagery too going on there with their totally headdresses, right. mm. and that winds up being uh, Swan's Undoing. It's one of the oh, all oh, those masks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's doing the funky chicken. It's kind of like it's kind of like <laughs> the killer in opera getting pecked to death by the crows. Yep. Spoiler alert. Sorry, you guys. It's a great shot. So Edgar Rice uh, tried to, he stole that for Hot Fuzz. Hmm. He's another huge fan. That's his name, right? Edgar Rice? Edgar Wright. Wright. Edgar, what is it? Wright. Wright, thank you. Edgar Rice Burroughs is somebody else, right? (laughs) (laughs) Edgar Rice Burroughs. (laughs) I think he stole that too, though, for Tarzan. So something something else uh, De Palma's really good at is geography, kind of showing where everything is. Um, yeah, he's a big yeah. fan of that of kind of slowing down action. Um, he's very critical of like modern day film, like not letting you know where things are; they just happen too fast. Mm-hmm. It is kind of infuriating. Modern day shaky cam action sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't like shaky cam. But I love him as the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forgetting how this scene came to be, but it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> That one audience member with like the Hawaiian shirt thing. Yeah. Looks like Brian Slade from Velvet Goldmine. He does a little. Doesn't he? Yeah. Ooh, it's, pizza face. It did seem that Paul Williams got to be the bride because he got to be all in white. Yeah, what's up? And like make the grand final entrance and everything. That's some glam androgyny Ooh. right there. Ooh, pizza face. She's very superficial. She didn't like his yeah. face. And now she's oh, like, you're ugly oh, you're now. Yeah, you they live, right? You'd be freaking Forget out it. if your like, bride's face darkness. started melting on the <laughs> fucking altar. <laughs> Up until five minutes ago, Ooh. you were super hot. Right? <laughs> He's still rocking it, though, that guy. Dude, you're kind of creeping me out now. <laughs> She didn't even notice her headpiece got torn off. That guy's confused by the headpiece ta- getting taken off, but not the <laughs> fact that he's got a bloody ripped off face going there. <laughs> it's such a great chaotic ending for sure. Yes. It is. Yeah. Not when you're 11 years old. what's going on i feel like dan needs some emdr (laughs) is this kind of like paul williams lost his virginity on his wedding night because now he's like got blood all over him (laughs) like like, fucked by a crow head like by a blackbird instead of a white bird dude just blew my mind davis pecker Paul Williams had his face mask ripped off and he was deformed and now he's had his face mask ripped off. He's deformed. And look at all these people are just kind of like, yes. 
crawling alongside poor Winslow. This is kind of the curse that uh, that Swan has created, where the spectacle is more important than anything else. Yeah. Oh. It's like reminding me of Scream 2 or whatever. Totally, totally. Opening scene. No one believed that that girl was being stabbed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how Let's kind see, of like a downbeat yeah. ending this is. Yeah. But then it goes into this kind of really up-tempo song. Yeah. Which is kind of, I always thought, odd. <laughs> but one, Look, someone's standing with Winslow's mask on <laughs> up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But if she signed the contract, then why isn't she dead too? Yeah, because huh? he burned the contract. So uh, I think they're all. Uh, but I don't he, know. but when he stabbed Swan, he started bleeding. She didn't get killed though. She didn't get wounded. Oh, she, in oh and he didn't get killed oh, either. That's true. He just started... That's true. I love these kind of old-fashioned endings where we're going to show everybody, yeah. and, you know, their their credits, basically. They just yeah. recap it. There's no bloopers, though. Where's my bloopers? Hmm. <laughs> no, this is just a, hey, remember when this happened? Right. That didn't come along until guys. the other Paul Williams movie. Yeah. Like, Smokey and the Bandit started that all off. Mm-hmm. So that Archie Han guy looks like a, shoot, that guy from Saturday Night Live who was Mango. The hell oh, yeah. Chris Catan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He looks like him to me. Oh, that antler belt. Uh, we totally forgot to mention that. That was really extraordinary. So good. He was a little horny. Went to burning Like That's like one of the best freeze frame credits. <laughs> yeah. Right up there with uh, the girl's exploding head in Chopping Mall. In Chopping Mall, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> of. <laughs> Those two are maybe tied. <laughs> I mean, Jessica Harper's pretty lucky. She's in this movie, and then three years later, Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. Two cult classics within a few years of each other. I don't think she was too lucky at the time, though, because I don't think she got paid that much. Yeah, I mean, they didn't become classics no. until... They weren't mainstream hits. She's but. still getting those royalties, because maybe she's doing okay now. I just love <laughs> the lyrics to this song, where it's like, yeah, your your songs were great, but you're a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the hell of it. <laughs> yeah, kind of more relevant than ever these days, isn't it? Yeah. It's like if you fell asleep for the movie and woke up at the credits, you'd be like, oh, I kind of get it. (laughs) Wait, did it start already or is this? (laughs) Well, I got to say, the the Blu-ray release of this really did it justice. Yeah. It needed to have this extra layer of polish put on top. Yeah, I never noticed all mm-hmm. those different things on Beef's face before. This is my first time seeing yeah. the Blu-ray, for sure, yeah. Yeah, seeing it in this, especially on this gorgeous TV we're watching it on, um, you just notice so much more when you watch, especially older films in high def. Like newer Ronnie films. Taylor, he went on to be Argento's DP for opera. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh nice. really? Yeah, cool. John Chambers, too, oh. the makeup guy, he did Planet of the Apes. So... 
You're learning a lot, people, <laughs> tonight, I hope. <laughs> I just really appreciate all you nerds. I just we do what we can. Say that. Nerds roll. Christy Bird! Are so nerdy. Oh, my God! Huh? Birds. Oh, Bird! Bird, mm-hmm. what? What does mean? <laughs> so this has been very cathartic for me. I'm do, you feel like this this again? do you feel like therapy feel kind of? Healed? Yeah. So yeah. you're going to be able to Processed sleep well tonight. I think so. For the first time in 40 years. You're going <laughs> to dream, <laughs> dream about Paul Williams' nipples all night long. <laughs> so I have a new just nightmare. Just one of them. Just one. Just one. <laughs> There's set dressers. This is basic. Hey, there you go. Set dresser right nice. there. Oh, there it was. Oh, nice. This is basic. Everybody drink. <laughs> yeah, Paul Williams in the bathtub. That's hard to. That's a hard image to shake. I'm under contract too. have a Paul Williams bathtub theme party. Thanks for uh, making it all the way through with us, everybody. That was great, you guys. Absolute yes, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, total blast. All right. All right. Goodbye from Film Cold. I guess. For now. For now. <laughs>